Welcome to Write, Read, and Write. My name is Adam Preston Perel, and I'm joined today by Josiah Seth Gray to conclude our four-part series on the hero's journey and the three-act structure. Josiah, how's it going? It's good, yeah. It's going to be a weird la- yeah, weird podcast. I don't know what we're talking about, really. You don't know what we're talking about? Why is that, Josiah? <laughs> we're doing this all impromptu, no scripts. We normally have scripts. We just, you know, we act like we are, we're not reading this, but sometimes we we just are. But today we're off script. We're going to see how this goes. Adam, uh, how's your suggestions? Do you have any for us this week? I mean, the suggestion I have is, is going to be one that students would have to work towards, and that is to run in sandals. There are specific running sandals, and they offer no support, no comfort whatsoever. They just protect the bottom of your feet. Um, try getting there at some point. It's really good for your calves, I guess. But yeah, if you're going to be running, if you plan a lifetime of running, then uh, getting to sandals quickly is going to be helpful for all your joints, knees, etc. What about you, Josiah? Well, I have uh, uh, you did talk me into those Vibrams at one point, but I don't think I'm at the the, the point of, of sandals yet. Uh, suggestions for for me? Oh, I don't know. Um, I suggest you you do some reading. So <laughs> I'm a really slow reader, but if yeah, crazy right reading right, we're telling you to 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 read. But uh, if there are some movies, this this uh holiday soon coming out that are based on books the, the big one is dune so that's a great epic story very big you, it comes out in like 10 days you probably won't be able to read all of it in 10 days but you can try um it's only half the book is being made into a movie so you know read half the books yeah you go i mean i i like i've read dune i read it a couple months ago so i could get it in before the uh the movie came out um I think if you really push yourself, you could probably knock it out in 10 days. It's, it's not too terribly long. It is a little bit dense to get into because it's not written for the ease of reading, but it's a good story. It's a good story. I, I, I can flow with that suggestion. Yeah, the one thing I will admit is even as an English teacher, it did take me a while to get into just because it is quite dense, just the way it's written. It's an older sci-fi book. It, it doesn't have like the, the easy YA nature that I love to read because I'm soft, I guess. And, and I mean, just a segue in a very obvious way, and to rhyme as well, um, <laughs> I'd have to say that Dune, Dune actually doesn't follow the hero's journey too well um, for me, because today I'm going to talk about the return to the normal world, and Paul, the main hero of Dune, doesn't really have to deal with that too much, at least not in the, the, oh, the one book. Well, I mean, I'm not trying to give away spoilers so much as he doesn't really follow the typical hero's journey. And I think it's because Frank Herbert decided to make a multiple, multiple book series. It's not all enclosed into one book. And I want most of our listeners to understand that when I'm talking about the hero's journey, some authors, they plan it over three or four books. I mean, Harry Potter himself has his own hero's journey. And sometimes they last two or three books before he cuts back to a normal world. Or has to experience being normal. And even then he's never truly normal. And so today when we talk about the return as well as Act 3. We're going to be talking about sort of the conclusion of, of business. The conclusion of the conflict. And what our characters will do in our respective structures. Yeah. And I, I think that's a very good point when it comes to, to series. Is like you were saying. So a lot of those series is they might have overlaying heroes journeys. Or overlaying three act structures. Where 
uh, you know, by the end of the entire series, Harry has is kind of leaves this world of fighting Voldemort that he has been in for seven books. And so the the book itself has a hero's journey in a three act structure, but it also the the series kind of has that as well. Even to the point where the the fourth book, the middle one, kind of has a dark midpoint, uh, where I guess we can probably say this because the book is quite old, where Cedric Diggory dies, and he kind of has this like, oh no, you know. Spoilers. It's it's over ten years old. I feel like if you haven't read it or watched the movies, then it wasn't much of a spoiler. Well, I have to tell you that Game of Thrones is pretty old, and when I read the books before the series came out. And people are like, oh, don't tell me what happened. Spoilers. I'm like, then the book's been out. You just can't read. Well, there's a difference with Game of Thrones because the, the book came out for so long and over so many you know years. Whereas the, the TV show, you know, there, there a lot of people never read the book. They just watched the TV show. Well, that's a sad, sad I, point. I, I agree. But I when, when I say also with TV show. Game, I mean, Game of Thrones also... There's more than one hero's journey going on in the entirety of the mm-hmm. book. There's several because each character has their own progression, their own leaving of their normal into something unusual. Arya, John, Sansa, they all have their own hero's journeys to go through to eventually mm-hmm. get to a conclusion. And even our villains, you know, they also go through their own experiences in which they might have a rising arc or a falling arc. But a lot of time it's they have a mentor, much like we have in the hero's journey, they will have They'll lose the mentor. They'll have their own sort of uh, weapon or magical item that they have to get that helps them uh, conquer their demons or their their boss battle. Um, and then in the end, we're all like, "Oh my God, who's going to kill the king?" And it turned out to be my my girl Arya and her her little dagger. Oh, oh, that has spoilers everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we're terrible on this show for spoilers. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, so. Before we actually dive more into you know how to end stories because we're, we're we've kind of jumped the gun a little bit on that, uh, can you explain what happens at the end of the hero's journey? Sure, sure. Um, I'll give a brief breakdown and only have some examples uh, as to not make it so long because uh, when Mr. Campbell broke all of these down, again, not every hero's journey is going to have every detail expressed. And it's hard to find examples for every single detail that he has. But um, so after the ultimate boon, after the big prize is won, uh, there's a refusal to return. Our heroes are not going to want to return to the normal world. They are happy being victorious. They're happy, you know, having killed the monster and living in that world with all their new friends. They don't want to go back to their world. Frodo doesn't want to go back to the Shire immediately. Like he is he's changed it's scary to go back whenever you've had such a big change and especially as a traveler um it's we have what's called reverse um reverse culture shock when we go back to our countries we're like oh god this is terrible have you ever felt that josiah reverse culture shock no never ever well not once i have and when (laughs) i go back to america i'm just like oh man I, i i know why i left and so a hero, they sort of refuse to return because their whole goal is to stay glorious. And it's hard to go home and still feel glorious because everyone there knows who you were before you did any of your heroics. And sometimes they don't even know about your heroics. They don't know how you've changed. So there's always a refusal to go back. But then yeah. something makes you go back, just like something chases you into the strange world or the sparkly world. Something forces you back. And that's called the magic flight. 
in which the hero has to escape. Um, this could be because of some sort of time issue that's been created. Like if you don't get home um, before the end of the ball, your dress is going to turn into tatters and the prince is going to realize that you're not really a princess and that you're really a, a washing girl like in Cinderella. There's some sort of magical flight that pushes someone to leave um, the magical world and go back to the safety. And whenever that happens, a lot of times what will happen with the hero is they might ha have been powerful when they got the ultimate boon, but they still will need some sort of assistance because just because someone was powerful once and they achieved a goal does not mean they don't need help anymore. And this is called rescue from without in which a character uh, will have guides or rescuers still pop up and guide them out of trouble and back into the, the normal world. And this is the point where we call crushing or crossing the return threshold and the master of two worlds in which a character returns to their normal world and can demonstrate that they can go back and still be as awesome as they were in the magical world, that they're still competent in both like the magical and the normal world that they are better than because they've changed. And this is what's really important to me to see heroes go back and that one bully who made fun of them they're not scared anymore. And you look at the movie Back to the Future. Uh, whenever the hero goes back, he sees the bullies and he's he's dealt with bullies. He's he's saved his parents. He's time traveled. He's no longer afraid or and no longer willing to be pushed around because he is Marty McFly and he is mighty. And I think that's important for the Master of Two Worlds concept is that you kick some ass. Sorry, students. And it's, uh, it's time to prove it when you go back home. And that's when you get to the, the ending of it all. Um, the ending of most heroes' journey is the freedom to live. And you see that when Frodo is about to get on the boat and cross the sea and go live with the elves. It's, you get to relax now. You did it. You won. And so your prize is you get to chill. And that's generally how the hero's journey ends, at least when it's a happily ever after hero's journey. Um, so Josiah, act three, tell me about it. So you're discussing a little bit about, um, the act three verse versus the, uh, the hero's journey. Obviously a hero's journey, we said this multiple times, but it's a lot more character focused, but I, it's interesting because the act three, um, is involved in a lot of more action, uh, in, in the final act, whereas the, the last bit of the hero's journey is is all about um, solving kind of that that last kind of character issues. Wouldn't you agree, right, Adam? A hundred percent agree. I feel like uh, the last part of the hero's journey is sort of just realizing that you're a hero in your own world. You don't need to be in the special world anymore, and that's a, just a little bit of tiny little realizations and movements. Yeah, and that's that's very different for the uh, the three act structure because the three act structure doesn't really care too much about how the characters end you know either they they live and they're victorious or they kind of are defeated but they don't really care about what happens too much after the the final battle think about Jaws Jaws is, is a very character uh, driven movie but the the ending of the movie after they defeat the shark after they they beat the shark is like like two seconds long. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they swim back to shore and that's all you need to know. They're done. Um, and so with the that's very much three act structure. Whereas uh, 
hero's journey is a lot more like you were saying adam uh what happens to the hero after they have beaten the villain after the boss battle is over right yeah i I mean essentially a hero is not done just when they they win they also have to they have to escape the world that they were in um i think if you look back at like the odyssey and you see odysseus going through hell you see Odysseus like getting back into the ocean and trying to get back home. And then he finally gets home and he's got to scare everybody out of his house because he wants to get his wife back and he's in disguise. Like he's already gone through all the trials. He's already beaten the gods at their own game. Like he's defied the odds. But when he finally gets back, it's proving that he is a new man and proving that what's his in the old world is still his. And it's a little bit more complicated than just winning and ending <laughs> and so that's very different than three act structure because three act structure the third act is all really about the climax so if we're going to break that down the the important aspects of that is the climax and the resolution the resolution is kind of what you were talking about with the uh the hero's journey of, of sorting out all those last kind of Dangling, dangling questions, tying all the loose ends together, making sure the, the plot has a nice little ending. Uh, but the big thing for the three-act structure is the climax. Uh, and so what that is, is that's the, the moment where all, you know, it, it's that, that big battle, that big battle moment. And you see this in a lot of MCU mo- uh, movies. It's there's fighting space aliens above New York City and trying to close a portal. It's great. It's fun. It's it, it's a, it's a loud, exciting. Um, it's not so much about character. <laughs> um, honestly, there are actually a moment. There, it's like the Hobbit. In my experience, I actually didn't like the climax of the Hobbit uh, because the entire book is pushing you towards Smaug, and uh, the Hobbit confronting Smaug, and he does. But that's actually not the climax of the book because attacks the town but then smaug the dragon gets killed and suddenly the the big dangling plot question we have here is who gets the treasure and everyone thinks they deserve the treasure and so we have is we have you know elves and orcs and humans and dwarves and everyone's just fighting each other and then we throw eagles in there just because that's fun but there isn't you know that smaug even though he is the big question will they will they defeat the dragon he is not the climax of that story. So what is your big moment? And then only is some kind of climactic moment, the turning point um, in the story where, you know, either the hero is going to win and beat the, the villain or they're going to lose. And it's going to be a sad ending. And for you, you can normally think about that for a lot of different books for the, the Hobbit. It's when the Eagles arrive and we think, Oh, the, the, yeah, we don't know who's going to win, whether the goblins and orcs will defeat the humans and elves and dwarves. Um, but then the elves arrive, tip the battle, and oh, now now it's done. We know who's going to win. Um, what's important about that, though, with three-act structure, is as soon as that moment is done, we suddenly lose all this tension in the plot. It's like we've been stretching this like rubber band um, for this entire book and saying, oh, all these things are happening. And then as soon as that climactic moment it hits and we know what's going to happen, that rubber band snaps and all the tension of the story just kind of... Um, and that's why a lot of the resolutions in these plot-driven movies are so quick. 
um, think about what, you know, my favorite Marvel movie. Well, not my favorite. That's a very hard discussion. One of my favorite uh, Marvel movies is the Captain America Civil War. And I love that simply because it's very character driven. We have char- you know these characters we love fighting each other. But the climax is not this giant battle. It is Tony fighting Captain America with Winter Soldier, uh, also fighting Tony, Iron Man, um, in the, the basement of a Russian lab in the middle of nowhere. Knows this fight is happening. It's just the three of them. But there's so much emotion. There's so much tension there. And then our climactic moment is when Catch re- Cap reaches over, uh, yanks out, the the you know tony stark's power source for his suit and he he's he crushes he's done and then he leaves his shield after that there's really nothing left no more tension to the story and we do have to resolve some some left threads um we need uh tony to kind of apologize to cap and we need uh, Cap and to save his team from being imprisoned, and we need T'Challa to kind of send Bucky, you know, bring Bucky to Wakanda to keep it to try to re- rehabilitate him. But none of those are really tense things. We're just saying these are some questions we need to take care of. Let's take care of these questions, and now our movie's done. Well, I feel like with Marvel movies, and and this is a conflict that you will, I mean, probably agree with me on, is that they know there's going to be another one. Oh yeah. So, so I I feel like they don't have to force themselves into a three act structure or a hero's journey, much like I mean we might consider having to do for like single plot stories because they have threads upon threads. I mean now they even have a multiverse that they're pulling out, so they can do whatever of they course. want. Yeah, they can, and it's one of those things we don't have to say Cap and Tony are you know happy together. Uh, we don't have to solve that problem. We can leave that dangling because. Infinity War is coming, and they're gonna, you know, have to save the world together, separately, but together. Yeah, you know, we're gonna deal with that eventually. Um, but and this is, I, I like your your point. When we when we have a series like this, we can leave some more cliffhangers. Um, Jaws is very standalone, unless you want to count the the follow up movies that no one likes. You know, um, but the characters in Jaws in the first one, those are the characters we care about, and what they did, though, normally in a story, we've, we've got a lot of different conflicts. We don't just have Jaws attacking people. We have these inner conflicts that the characters are going through with these external con- uh, conflicts like Jaws. And what most do is they try to weave these together. So by the, point, by the time we have solved this climax, then all these other problems are solved as well together. Think about those books, like for me, The Hobbit, not The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, The Final One, The Return of the King, is one of those books that it just keeps on ending. There's like one ending, and then there's another ending, and they just keep on having these endings. And that's because there's so many questions that weren't wrapped up in the climax. So if, you know, the best writers, they will weave all their conflicts together into this one kind of pinnacle moment, and when, you know, when the hero steps up to the plate, saves the day, that's also them causing the, you know, solving this inner crisis of am I a hero? And, you know, we're, we're doing multiple things at once. I mean, I, I feel like, I mean, especially with Hero's Journey um, in comparison to three-act structure, that I think this is generally why I prefer it because it does sort of tie up the character 
from the beginning to the end. It doesn't just end the conflict. Um, and I can see why a lot of cinematic and a lot of stories out there will end when the conflict is done. Because that's the story they wanted to tell is just how to overcome the conflict. They don't want to tell the story of the person who overcome the conflict. Just the conflict itself was overcame. And my example for a story that ended too quickly before we could see a character really go anywhere. And this, again, because it was in a series, is Katniss from The Hunger Games. Like, oh, she wins. Okay, well, done. Like, book's done. Okay. Like, we know there's more books coming, but had you read that book without knowing there's going to be a sequel, it'd be like, well, okay, so what happens? Right. And I feel like sequels can get away from that three-act structure and Hero's Journey a little bit too easily with that. And that's probably the danger of people who who write a really good book and then they're told, oh, no, this will be put into a a trilogy or duology or like 20 book series. Because then they're like, well, you know, we have to follow up books. So instead of having a a complete character arc in that book and then having the character in another book, in the next book, have a completely different character arc and they're growing in another way, they're just taking this one character arc and stretching it too long. And so you kind of get that uh you know has this character actually grown well then then i I, this is going to lead me to a homework and i'm not trying to jump the gun on this um but i want my our students to imagine a world where they only read the first harry potter book and they stopped there like is that a complete story for them is that enough for them if they read just that book or do they need more because Again, what I like about the hero's journey is it it does wrap up a story. Like if you only saw Star Wars A New Hope because it does follow the hero's journey, at the end of it, they get their rewards. You need to see a second movie. If you only saw the first Star Wars, you're fine. And if you only read the first Harry Potter book, would you be fine? Does that follow the three-act structure? And does it follow the hero's journey? Or is it needing all seven or eight books in order to to follow that character and solve that conflict. I mean, I guess it's homework I want students to think of. Look at the trilogies, look at one-offs, look at series, and just see how the story is structured over one book versus several. Are you there? Am I dead? There you yeah. are. There you are. I can hear you now. Oh, I, I disappeared. <laughs> um, well, so for my homework, just what uh, I'm thinking about students doing is just I want you to think of that book or movie that you've, you know, that sticks out in your head. That was really frustrating um, because it just kept on kept on ending. Like you, you kept on you, – you finish the most exciting point of the book and you're like, okay, how many pages are there till the end? Oh crap. There's still like 25. And I want you to, to think of that book and think about the different conflicts that were there and see if you could improve it. So if the character, their conflict was, you know, had, had a problem with family and that has to be a whole nother thing. Um, and you know, that's taken care of after the major battle. Well, can you can you rewrite that and improve it? Think about that. My example is Shang Chi. I'm not going to spoil the plot, um, but the the major conflicts 
on there. He, there's a lot of family dynamics, and those family dynamics are dealt with in the final battle. So what you you have is you have an internal, uh, the you know, who am I with my family, also on this external conflict that we're working together. And so by the time you've done that major conflict, that climax moment, we feel, hey, this solved multiple things. Not going to spoil the plot. <laughs> it's too yeah, early. It's only yeah. a couple of months out. <laughs> I, I, say, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, no, James Bond just came out. And then one of the guys at work, he he spoiled it for me. And I was, well, I was just like, why? And he said, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I was like, man, it matters. Spoilers matter. Hear that, Spoilers students? do matter. Suggestion, do not spoil things unless they're, what, 10 years old? Is, is that? Yeah, let's say 10 years. Oh, I guess right. I, 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 I've. We've probably spoiled things in the past. So let's let's make the ten year rule. Right, <laughs> it's well, older than ten years. <laughs> so I can spoil Lord of the Rings for everyone. Well, yes. Yeah, that's that's definitely even the movies, the movies are way older than ten years. Oh Matrix. So. Oh man, we're getting old. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's older than our students, then it's definitely old enough to be spoiled. All right. Um but Shang-Chi, 007, those are still too fresh. Um, go, we'll go watch those, see if their, their climaxes take care of all the plot problems, all the conflicts in the story. Well, uh, thanks so much for listening. This has been Right, Read and Write. Um, we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.